This is Todd Cochran, and you're listening to Curious Mind Podcast. Check me out at geeknewscentral.com. That's what I wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. From PI Media, this is Curious Minds. I'm Ran Levy. Heroes of Podcasting, a special series on the history and future of podcasting. In this episode, Aaron Mankey, host of Lore Podcast. Welcome to Curious Minds. A few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of speaking to one of the most successful podcasters nowadays, Aaron Mankey, whose Lore Podcast received the iTunes Best of 2015 award. Up until now, in the Heroes of Podcasting series, we heard podcasters who started podcasting back in the early days, in the mid-2000s. Aaron is an exception, in that he started podcasting only some five or six years ago. Yet Aaron's story is interesting for two reasons. Firstly, it is the story of the lone podcaster, someone who started and is still doing it all by himself. Secondly, it exemplifies the role of storytelling in podcasting, which is becoming more and more dominant in the last few years. Aaron talks about starting lore, the value of storytelling, and his inspirations. Enjoy the interview. My name is Aaron Mankey. I, uh, I'm a writer, but most people know me as the creator, uh, producer, and the host of a podcast called Lore. Yeah, when did you start Lore? Uh, lore started, I think the first episode was released in March of 2015. So I think that puts us at about 15 months right now. So Lore is a podcast about uh, true life scary stories. Um, each episode examines a dark tale from history and then presents it in sort of an oral storytelling format. It's just me and the microphone and the words that I've uh, written ahead of time for the listeners to hear. And Lore, um, it, it attracts uh, listeners who are creative, open-minded, value a good story um, they understand the, the connections between stories around the world. And most of them are very well read and have a love of the unusual, the unexplained. And, uh, and all my listeners are fantastic. And it's an interesting niche in podcasting because it really took off, I think, in the last two years, podcasts who are less documentary and more uh, storytelling, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think for a long time, podcasting was primarily the place for what I call the, the talking head podcasts, you know, where there's two or three people who have a roundtable discussion about some topic every week. And uh, it's neat to see uh, a newer breed of podcasting from the last couple of years that is, is taking advantage of um, the similarities between talking into a microphone and standing around a campfire, you know, which is something that humans have done for thousands of years and sharing stories. And so that's, that's what I do. And I love it. <laughs> Okay, how did you get into podcasting? You know, so I started about four years ago, actually. Um, I was part of a uh, talking head podcast uh, called Homework um, that's on the 5x5 network with Dan Benjamin. Um, and I, I was a co-host of that show for four years with my friend Dave Kahlo. Um, that's where I cut my teeth, you know, on things like microphones, audio editing, um, how, to, how to position a mic on a desk and all those little things. And, uh, you know, Laura started 15 months ago and progressively grew, became my full-time business. Um, I, I earn a full-time living from Laura and I don't have to do any side work anymore. 
and my schedule's gotten more and more full over the months. And so um, it was just a couple of months ago that I, I kind of stepped out after the four the four year anniversary. And uh, Dave's been running that um, on his own ever since. But uh, it was a good experience. It was a great place to learn, and uh, you know, low pressure, uh, low profile. Um, you can make mistakes, and you know, figure it out the next time. So it, it was good. But weren't you uh, maybe a bit scared to live? Uh, to leave behind uh, a podcast which you've been doing for four years and start something which is completely new? Well, I mean, I had started Lore months before. So I, at that point, it wasn't a matter of letting go of something that I, that I knew and, and hoping that the new thing would work out. Lore was, Lore was working out beyond my wildest expectations. And uh, so letting go was just a matter of I only have so many hours in the day and uh, I just couldn't fit it in anymore. And so... Uh, it had to go. It, it's just a, an odd place I'm at in my life right now where everything that's not lore-related gets, uh, gets thrown out the window. <laughs> okay, but it's a good experience. I mean, it's oh, a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, lore, lore has been quite a ride. It's all good. What made you interested in radio at the first place? You know, for lore, the choice was accidental, actually. Um, a- as a writer in my spare time while I was doing freelance graphic design for about a decade, Um, I wrote novels, self-published them, but finding, um, finding a platform to sell your books to, is a, it, it's a hard thing. It's, it's a challenge for anybody who self-publishes. So um, I had read a lot and had learned that, you know, one of the ways the experts say you're supposed to grow your readership is by giving something away in exchange for an email sign-up list. You know, so here, give me your email address. I'll send you infrequent updates, and in return – For that email address i'll give you something and so i um having a deep love for folklore legends um the new england area of uh, the united states that i live in um the boston north shore that i i just decided i wanted to write a, a small document that i called my five favorite new england myths and uh, there'd be five stories in there historical um written in a nice approachable voice and i would give it away if somebody signed up for the list but writing the document it It got a bit too long, and I realized that as somebody who was really busy and as somebody who digests most of my content through audio, I just wouldn't have the time to sit down and read this thing that I had made, and I'm the one who made it, so <laughs> I, I just assumed nobody else would either. So it, it was just a, there was this moment where I almost just dragged the file into the trash can and said, all right, I guess I'm done. This is it. You know, I, I won't write anymore, and uh, I'll just plug away at the design work, and, and then the idea came to me, maybe... Since I like audiobooks, maybe I could record this and, uh, and let people listen to it instead of uh, reading it. So I did that and uh, passed it over to a friend um, and asked him what he thought. And he told me, um, you know, this isn't a giveaway, Aaron. This is a podcast. And uh, I, within about two days, I did everything. I branded it, bought the domain name, hosted it, figured out how to get it in iTunes, like did all the things that, you know, if you, if you only do one show, you've only done it once. And after a few months, you forget how to do it. So... Um, I learned really quick, got it all up and, uh, and yeah, the rest is history. So, you know, and why was audio the right format or radio? I mean, cause they're kind of the same thing. Um, I, I think it has to do with story, you know, I mean, this is, it's story. I'm recreating a, a campfire experience and I'm gathering a few people around me and, uh, I'm settling in to tell them a, a compelling, entertaining, and sometimes educational story. And, and that's, like I said, that's what we've done for thousands and thousands of years as humans. And, uh, So, you know, video really wasn't on my mind at all, um, although uh, that's a new space that Lore is growing into. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know how up to date you are on it. Um, I'm working with the producers of the Walking Dead uh, television show right now. Um, yes, I've turning, heard. Yeah, they're, they're turning lore as a an audio show into um, into something for the small screen. So it's it's going to be it's going to be absolutely amazing. Amazing. I, I yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so to, I, I I set out thinking that audio was the right place, and it still is. That's where my heart is. But um, TV makes sense for some of this as well too. Is there any added value for audio in terms of story, storytelling that it doesn't have maybe in, uh, in a written form? Well, I mean, I think some of it has to do with um, capturing uh, a listener's attention. And when you're just holding a book in a room, there's a lot of things that can distract you. You know, I'm a parent. I have two small kids. And my wife and I love to read. But it's really hard sometimes to get any reading done because there's a lot of distractions. So... Um, there's something to be said about the audio format where you, I mean, you, you literally close out the world when you put those headphones on, you know, you shut the door in a sense and, and, and audio goes straight to the middle of the brain and it's really hard to distract. So, um, I, I think there's a, a nice benefit to that over the, the printed, the printed page. I, I think that I could, I could write these stories and publish them. But, but they lose a little bit of the impact of, of being told in a certain way, you know, being, you, being spoken in a certain cadence or um, being uh, spoon-fed out in um, the right amount of doses over the, you know, the, the coming minutes. So th- I think audio is a really, really nice format. Who were the people who actually influenced you uh, when you started thinking about podcasting and turning to audio? Well, so setting aside my four years with homework and um, three of that was – just me doing that show and, and lore came about in the third year. So honestly, I, I created lore in a bubble. I mean, I was too busy writing my own work. I was doing client design work and, um, my audio intake was mostly audio books, honestly. So, um, there weren't, there weren't any podcasts in my podcast app, uh, 15 months ago. Um, and I think just because audio books, maybe I, I naturally headed in that direction of spoken word, right? So spoken word, very simple, that sort of thing. But as lore grew, um, I started listening more and more to um, shows that were winning awards, shows that people talked about a lot. Um, I think one of the first shows I subscribed to uh, shortly after I started Lore was a show called Criminal, and, uh, part of the, the Radiotopia network. Um, and I was, I was just uh, enthralled in this idea that you didn't have to talk for 90 minutes with another person without notes about a topic, that you could sit down and have a very, very well-scripted story oriented podcast that was done in 15 or 20 minutes. And, and I don't think that that was a, a realization that I had made, um, years and years before. It was something that like, you know, wow, this, this is actually something that we should be doing. And my listeners have responded very well to that. They, they love the, you know, 20, 25 minute stories that fits into a commute. You know, they can, they can get it in and a drive from here to the store and back, things like that. Um, since, uh, since I've started up the show, I've, I've bumped into other shows that I really like 99% invisible. Um, uh, Roman Mars is a friend and, um, an amazingly talented guy. And, uh, I love what he does with what his whole team does with his show. Um, I, I have little, um, uh, uh I don't know what I want to call them, like little secret, uh, <laughs> loves like, um, um, Adam Savage from the Mythbusters has a podcast through tested.com called, uh, still untitled because they never named it, you know, three or four years ago. It's just still untitled. And, and, and it's that typical, you know, three guys sitting around talking about stuff. But all the stuff they talk about is what I, what I love. You know, if I want to spend my spare time on something, they're talking about 
books and movies and prop replicas and um, special effects and makers. And it's just, it's fantastic. So um, I don't know that that inspires me um, in my own show much, but it certainly, um, it certainly makes me happy when I listen to it. Any particular audiobooks that you remember that maybe stuck in your memory influenced your storytelling? Um, you know, I, n- not actually. And, and one reason is, um, and, and this is kind of a, an answer to lots of people who ask me, Aaron, why, why don't you do your own audiobooks? Because I have one of my books is in audio format. It's on Audible. And it's not me doing the audio. And the answer is, there's something very different about audiobook narration where you you do different character voices. You have to speak in a certain way um, for audiobook uh, per, you know, publishers. Uh, they, they want you to speak at a certain speed and things like that. And, and, uh, and, and then it's also just really long form. You know, I, I just downloaded Stephen King's newest novel this morning, and it was, uh, I think it clocks in at 13 and a half hours long. You know, and I, <laughs> I'm used to talking for, for 20 minutes. So um, it, it's just a really long, sustained thing. And it's, it's a unique skill. So I, I'm, I'm a fan of hiring audiobook uh, narrators to do my books. Uh, what I do on lore is very different. I think it's more, um, it's, it's less narration and it's more storytelling. And I think there's a difference there. So um, no, I, I don't think there's a book that's ever really jumped out at me and said, um, try this in lore. Um, they're, they're different. They're different formats. What are the challenges, uh, technical challenges, let's say, that you encountered along the way? You know, I think the biggest challenge for me was audio quality. Um, that's a big one. Um, I mean, my office is, it's essentially a mess of hard surfaces, weird corners, hardwood floors. There isn't anything soft in here. So uh, I battled for many episodes to, to get that right. And I think if, if any listener starts with lore at the, at the first episode and works their way up to current episodes, they'll hear a transition, I don't know, seven or eight or nine episodes in where the mic, you know, I, I changed from a, a small, cheap Yeti on my desk. I, I upgraded to better hardware, and I started to experiment with um, audio shields that I could put behind my microphone. Uh, currently, I have what's basically a, a shower stall that's built in my, in my office out of PVC pipes and moving blankets and foam panels that I can go inside, and it deadens the, the echo, helps the, helps the sound. And that was... Honestly, that was like over a year's worth of just trial and error. You know, let me try this. Oh, that helped. And uh, getting rid of the things that don't. But, but that's, that's me. I mean, I, I do this alone. I, I write it alone. I record it alone. Uh, I have no help. I have no network, no, no partners. Um, it's just me. No interns or assistants. And so I have to learn as I go. I just have to, I have to listen to my own work with a really critical ear and say, can that be better? Can I, can I technically do that better and then try as hard as I can to do it better? And I think that that should be, I think that should be encouraging to people who they think they have no experience. Um, they have no right to be in podcasting. And I, I don't think that's true. I think you have to go into it with a very flexible and open mind and say, I, I do know nothing right now, but let me see if I can learn as much as I possibly can and apply those new things that I learned to my trade and see if my show gets better, you know? And th- there's, there's a vast difference between how your show sounds and, and the content, but I think that bad audio quality and bad technique can ruin really good content. So um, I don't want to ruin the content that I write. I don't want to ruin my words or, or my storytelling as, you know, as a vocal thing. I, I want to accent that and enhance it as much as possible. So 
you know, whether or not I've been to, to audio um, uh, school, and I haven't, I, I know nothing about audio production. I, I'm just, I'm learning as I go, and uh, I've got to stay open-minded, you know. I'm always wanting to learn something new. How difficult is it for a podcaster to get into podcasting to overcome those technical challenges? You know, I, I, I don't want to say that you have to have expensive equipment or have learned things before you get started. Because I, I don't want there to be a barrier for people. I think there's a lot to be said for trying, you know, just jumping in and, and giving it a go. Um, I think, you know, any parent who listens will, will understand when you put your kid on a bike for the first time with no training wheels that um, they've never done this before. And they're probably going to crash on the sidewalk, you know, like it's, it's going to happen. Um, but there's no other way for them to get good at riding a bike other than to get out there and crash a few times. Um, you have to do it. So... You know, I spent the first seven or eight episodes with a, with a Blue Yeti, um, you know, a $99 USB mic, um, sitting on a cardboard box on my desk in front of my glass screen iMac. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was an audio nightmare. I, every time I thumped the desk, my, audio, my, my microphone picked it up, and every time I talked, it bounced off of my, my, my iMac screen back at my, my microphone. It was just, it was a mess. But I didn't know that I was doing anything wrong until I said, wow, I I kind of sound a little echoey. Maybe I should try to fix that. So um, I, I, I just think that, yeah, I mean, there's technical barriers to doing what we do, but that shouldn't stop anybody. I mean, don't expect to, to get inside of a cardboard box and put together this really, really echoey, bad quality audio and like win awards. I don't, I don't know that that can happen. Maybe it can. I don't want to say it's impossible, um, but look at it as an experiment. Maybe start a show that, you know, you have no aspirations of going anywhere And, and just practice your skills. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, worth, it's worth it. You've got to try it before you can uh, get good at it. Uh, I could definitely relate to your telling of the early awful sound experiences. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely relate. Yeah, I think uh, any, it, yeah. it's the unspoken story that a lot of podcasters don't ever get asked in interviews. I think that if you walked up to anybody at Podcast Movement and said, How horrible was your setup in your first you know month of podcasting they would they roll their eyes and say, "Oh my gosh, you have no idea it was bad i mean you you're going to get a hundred answers if you ask a hundred podcasters what's your setup you know they're going to tell you oh, I use a sure s m seven b or you know I use this or that, and you know I, I recommend a cloud lifter or i don't whatever but ask them how horrible their setup was when they first started out and uh i I think that's where the entertainment is, but I think it's also really encouraging because it says they you know look You know, Mark Marin started out with this setup, and it was horrible, but I can afford that, or, or I can hack that together with what I've got right now, and, and look where Mark Marin's gone. You know? So um, I, think it, I think it gives hope to people who um, are just starting out. Okay. Any other challenges except, of course, sound that, uh, let's say, major challenges that new podcasters are facing today? Uh, well, you know, podcasts as a medium – Um, I think the big challenge is just for us to reach new listeners. You know, so many people haven't given podcasts a try. Uh, I think there's a lot of people still who don't even know what a podcast is. They maybe have heard the term and they haven't, they, they don't know how to listen to them. They don't know whether they're free or, or they have to pay for them like a song on iTunes. They don't know um, what an RSS subscription feed is, you know, like they don't, they're ignorant. And I mean that in a very kind way, they're, they're ignorant of, Of podcasting as a thing and I think that as podcasters we need to get really good at explaining at a real basic level what it is a podcast is 
Um, it's good for us because that means that those people are probably going to want to listen to our own shows. And so we can grow our listenership that way. But it's good for podcasting in general, you know, because a listener is not going to listen to just one show. You know, if I walk up to my next, my next door neighbor and I tell her what podcasting is and that what I do, she's probably going to go download my show. And if she likes it, she might say, well, I wonder if there's other shows. And of course there are, you know, iTunes has half a million and, you know, she'll go exploring and find something else. So we've, we've just got to educate people. We've got to find a simple way to explain how podcasting works, what it is, um, and why it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's like free television for your ear that you can listen to whenever you want. And who, who could say no to that? I love it. Where do you see yourself? Uh, and I've, I, I realize it's a difficult question. I mean, feel free to, you know, fantasize away um, in, let's say, five or ten years from now. It is a hard question. And, and partly because 15 months ago, you know, I started Lore as a, you know, a last-ditch effort to do something to grow my, my book readership. Um, with no idea that five months later, I'd be full-time supporting myself with the show. Um, at month number six, I was um, talking with multiple production companies about a television adaptation. I mean, I was, I was very early on in the podcast when that was happening. So I, when I think about where I was a year ago or, or 16 months ago, I, I don't even know if I could have predicted it. It's, it's too insane. But my best guess is that I'll still be writing lore. You know, I'll still be putting out um, every second week. Um, a, a new episode, um, and hopefully still writing for television. And uh, I hope that uh, the upcoming Lore TV show is uh, going to help all of those aspects grow. You know, getting put in front of millions of people on TV is going to help the show as a podcast grow. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see what comes of it. That's it for this interview. It's interesting to note that Aaron and I had the same motivation when we started podcasting. I, too, was an author, and much like Aaron, I was looking for my audience. When I discovered podcasting, it quickly eclipsed my writing career, since in many ways, when it comes to storytelling, a podcast is as effective media, or maybe even more effective, than the written word. Aaron compared it to telling stories around the campfire, which is very true. What did you think about the interview? Do you prefer listening to story-based podcasts or to talk shows and panel discussions? Write to me at ran at cmpod.net or comment on the website cmpod.net. And while we're talking about storytelling, well, as part of the 2016 International Podcast Day, I gave a talk titled How to Craft the Perfect Story, in which I discussed the elements of a great story and how to enhance your storytelling with audio editing. The talk is suited not only to podcasters, but also to writers, video creators, and any form of media, really. The talk is available as video on Curious Minds' website, cmpod.net. Big thanks to Aaron Menke. Check out Lore Podcast at lorepodcast.com and also his books, which are on sale on the Lore website, both in paperback and as ebooks. Tune into Curious Minds for more episodes in our series Heroes of Podcasting and many other topics from the history of science and technology. You'll find all previous episodes on our website, cmpod.net, and on iTunes. Search for Curious Minds Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Curious Minds Pod and on Facebook. 
curious minds are Kelly O'Loughlin, co-host and editor, Nir Sayag is our sound engineer, Danny Timor is our business manager, and me, Ran Levy, producer and writer. See you again next time. Bye-bye.